You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I wanted to make a podcast with some of my thoughts on the Steelers since it's been kind of something I've been locked into a lot this year uh, because of the draft and because of the fact that the Steelers no longer have a franchise quarterback. They finally dumped Ben Roethlisberger, which I wanted them to do uh, two years ago. But certainly didn't want him coming back last year, and he was terrible. But they brought him back, and it was a big thing that I struggled with, fighting with the media and being bothered by them because they were all defending him and acting like he was still pretty good last year. And, oh, he pulled out six wins in the fourth quarter. You know, we we beat some awful teams because of circumstances that had nothing to do with Ben, but he gets the credit for winning the games. And also... He stunk the entire game up until we won them in the fourth quarter. But nobody mentions any of that. Um, or the fact that, say, we won it on a turnover or something had nothing to do with Ben. They say, fourth quarter comebacks, Ben. He was like, he happened to be on the roster when it happened. Yes. What else? What are you saying? <laughs> but anyway, look, I was a huge Ben fan. Here's me with sports that I, I have a problem with with other sports fans because they seem to be like weirdly jingoistic and their loyalties go way too deep. Sports is just fun for me. I take them seriously and I'm passionate about them, but as far as my loyalties, be it to a team, to a coach, to a player, I I reserve the right to be as fickle as I feel like being, you know, because I want to win and I know they're players and all that, but I don't have to love them and treat them with kindness and sweetness. They're making shitloads of money, first of all, in the current day and age. But even if they weren't, you know, I don't have to be respectful or decent to players. Or I owe them nothing. I'm a fan. I'm allowed to be loud and obnoxious and boo and cheer and support and tur- and be fickle and turn my you know back on whoever I want. I'm allowed to be whatever I want. This is for me. All these people are making all this money because of me. That's the way every fan should feel. The only reason that millions of dollars is being funneled into the pockets of a bunch of mostly losers, and I don't mean the athletes, I mean all the people involved in football, everyone. They're a bunch of jagoffs, really, if you think about it. They're a bunch of dickheads. You know, they're failed jocks in the coaching positions. Uh, the media is generally not even run by media specialists, people that went to college for for broadcasting anymore. It's just all ex-jocks. And uh, and they put some pretty girl out there just so everyone can lust for her. I mean, really. (laughs) Really, NFL and all sports is kind of a shit show in America. But, hey, I think soccer is even worse internationally. It's moronic. And the way the fans get all fired up for one goal and then fight each other in the stands and kill people. (laughs) It's insane. Uh, and I'd much rather be in America and have football and baseball than just be in the UK and say, you know, football, I, I follow United International. <laughs> and they have some dumb sport like that. I mean, God bless them, but it's the dumbest sport in the world. I've tried to like soccer, but I, I fully believe, I mean, and I mean this, that people that really love it and get into it, they just don't really like sports. They have a problem with sports. We have a broadcaster here, Mark Madden. He's a really nasty human being. He really is. And um, he covers sports, but he hates them all except for hockey. And really, he loves his soccer. And 
that's perfect because to me, soccer and hockey are two like minimally almost kind of sports. I guess they're sports, but not really. And they're huge in other foreign lands like hockey in Canada and, um, you know, uh, the soccer, many countries. But but in America, I think we're just more sophisticated, more intelligent because we've let in all kinds of smart people from all over the world. And uh, we like more complicated, more intricate sports that are actually have strategy and things that are way better than anything you do in soccer or um, or even hockey. To be honest, hockey. The pre the reason I'm I'm bashing on hockey is because the skating thing it just makes it all haphazard and chaotic, and too many of the goals are flat out luck. At least with basketball, uh, you know. You see a lot of a lot of goals, a lot of baskets, and uh, they're not lucky. Very rarely does uh, some lucky shot fall in. You make it because you earn it. And so, uh, to me, basketballs and, and people are running on a court. You know, they're athletes running and they're in control of their bodies. I know that those hockey players are really good on skates, and that's hard to do. And I know they're very good athletes, but eh, let's 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 you know. Let's pump the brakes on them being athletes, really, because athletes really run and athletes do a lot of things more complicated than swinging a hot hockey stick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know there are a lot, a lot of big fans out there, but you're wrong. <laughs> the only sports that are really uh, sports, and I, and I can enjoy watching golf, but that's not a sport either because that's an individual kind of achievement thing. The only sports, in my, in my opinion, that are actual sports are baseball, basketball, and football. And that, that's globally. Everything else is just kind of a shit show, weird thing. Polo or lacrosse or, you know, croquet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just, that's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. And it's because, precisely because of the teamwork and the competition, player versus player on different teams, the strategy involved, the various skills that you have to have. That run the gambit as opposed to hockey, let's say, you know, um, yeah, I just like them and I'm not a big NBA basketball fan, but I love the college game and I love basketball in general. It's fun and it's something literally anyone can do. That's the other reason basketball is a great sport because unlike soccer where you really have to like work on kicking a ball and playing, moving a ball with your feet. It's a weird thing. You know, it's a specialized skill or golf. Same thing. You got to really go out there and hit the ball a bunch of times, you know, or baseball or football. Of course we have to learn plays and, and practice and the hit in the batter's box and all these things with basketball. You really don't, you really just got there and move and dribble and shoot. And it really is just kind of like the flow and it's an athletic thing. And I wasn't very good at it at all, but I could shoot pretty good at one point in my life. And so I was able to like, and I was a pretty tough rebounder on a team we had in, a, in gym class in high school. We had a good team and I didn't do much for it other than pretty damn good rebounder. Um, know how to box out, use my body, you know. Um, but the point is, it's a sport that anyone can play and, and actually be playing it and actually be trying the best you can. And um, you don't have to be rehearsing it and practicing it over and over again, like like the ba- you know learning to hit in order to shoot the, the basketball. You just know how to throw it up. It's like, you know, 
So I don't know. I, that's why I love it as a sport, um, even though it is the third best one really out of baseball and football. And and to me, there's no sport that compares with football. I mean, I just American football and in all of the world. There never was. And of course, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I grew up during an era when the Steelers were amazing and won four Super Bowls in six years and had a bunch of Hall of Fame players. So I'm probably a little biased um, towards the sport because of the environment I grew up in and, and the excitement of it all. Although I will say that we moved up to Wisconsin in 1975. Uh, so that would have been, I believe, after the first Super Bowl. So I was actually up in Wisconsin for, um, I believe, the next two Super Bowls. Then we moved back just in time for Super Bowl thirteen, I guess it was, against the Rams when the Steelers won their fourth Super Bowl. I was in Pittsburgh for that one. And I was in Pittsburgh for the first one, but I don't remember it. I don't remember watching it. I think I was eight, but I hadn't really grasped you know, sports and watching it and being into it by eight yet. I did by nine. I, I very much remember getting into the Steelers uh, the year they won their second Super Bowl. But um, I, mean, I remember watching it up in Wisconsin uh, with Lynn Swan's great catches in that game where we beat Dallas. The Steelers beat Dallas in Super Bowl ten. I think it was Super Bowl ten. Yeah, and I'm sorry, it was Super Bowl fourteen when we came back and beat the Rams. It was Super Bowl fourteen. Thirteen, we watched up in Wisconsin as well. But so the point is, I wasn't really even in Pittsburgh. So I'm saying, hey, I'm probably biased towards football because of Pittsburgh. But for, for right in the heart of their greatness, we had moved away for four years. So I missed growing up in that atmosphere, you know. I mean, we watched it from afar, but I didn't get to see all the games or anything. So I was a fan, but I can only imagine the level to which I'd love football and the level to which I'd be a Steelers fan today had I lived here all that time. But um, bringing us to the the sport of football and to the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, going into the 2022 season, it's really disheartening because I've kind of reached the conclusion that I'm not going to really be a big fan of this team this year. And it's because of Kenny Pickett. And it's because of the battles that I've been having the bizarre battles with the media over weird issues that have turned political and everything else. And it's really sad because we are all on the same side. We should be hoping the Steelers are great and hoping they choose the best players and they make the right decisions and put together the best team. But you can hear and the people arguing against Pickett starting, it's not about, and I've made podcasts on Pickett before, it's not about the fact that they really think Mitch Trubisky's better or he's experienced. First of all, he isn't better. Okay, we watched them play and Pickett was better. He just looked better. Um, but Trubisky uh, has experience. The only thing Trubisky has going for him over Pickett, the only thing is, is experience. You know, he played four years as the starter for the Bears. But guess what? He doesn't even have recent experience because all of last year he sat on the bench and was the backup in Buffalo. So while Pickett was having a red-hot Great college year, one of the best years a college football quarterback has ever had in the history of the sport. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, was, his ass was on a bench somewhere, sitting around rotting, collecting cobwebs. So, I mean, not only is Pickett the better quarterback, he's your number one pick, and he's hot. He's red hot. Now, why wouldn't you play the red hot guy? 
the guy that's obviously in a groove, he's still in that groove. If he's going to catch on in the NFL and really take off, now's the time. Let him do it now when he's hot. If you sit him down for an entire year, potentially, he might lose his groove. He might lose his confidence. He might lose that groove he was in and never catch on. I fully, fully mean that, too. That's very much possible. I've seen it happen in several other sports. A great example is when you call up a player from the minor leagues in baseball. They always try to time it to be so perfect. But the reality is often they wait too long, and then when they call him up, the player's no longer hot, and then he struggles, and he he never becomes good, and then they trade him, and then he's great for some other team. On the Pirates, we're basically a farm system for other teams. <laughs> we always get rid of our best players because we can't afford them and or we don't know how to develop them. And then you could field a, a World Series winning great team right now today with ex-Pittsburgh Pirates. You absolutely could. I mean, we get the players. We just don't either we, – we don't have the money or refuse to pay them or we're, we're terrible at developing them. And so – um, we, we, we generally botch the timing for when we bring players up from the minors. And they, they, they invariably struggle. I mean, we have never had the kind of phenomena as they have in New York and other places all the time in L.A. where they call up very young players and they're amazing right away. Or the Chicago Cubs when they did that with that third baseman, whatever his name was. Um, a lot of teams um, can do that. This, the Pirates can't do that. They're just terrible at, at the timing. And that was the old regime. And now we have a new regime. And they're equally terrible. They're just not making the moves at the right times. And the young players they're bringing up are struggling and looking like shit. So it really is a timing thing. And it matters. It matters when you, what the, the status of a player, psychologically and physically, the groove they're in. You know, baseball, they get into hot streaks and cold streaks like crazy. They'll go into big droughts in the, in the batter's box. Or red-hot periods. Well, I think Kenny Pickett's in a red-hot period in his batter box, batter's box. And sitting him and not letting him continue to play right now is not only doing a disservice to Kenny Pickett and, and chilling him out, but it's fucking the Steelers. I mean, they're fucking themselves. I'm just really disappointed in the mentality of Tomlin that he prioritized uh, experience so much that he's buying the hype on the fact that Trubisky was a two. And there's still people in the media here saying that, like Bob Pompiani and such. Trubisky was a two. I sent Bob in a very, one little picture, the stats of Trubisky in college and Pickett in college. And you can see that both of them only were number one picks because of their final year. And you can see that Pickett's final year and Trubisky's are very similar except for one thing. Pickett went 30 for 50. That is, he made 50 more attempts than Trubisky in his final year. Completed 30 of them. Had, uh, oh shit, what was it? 12. I think it's 12 more touchdowns. 52 to 40. And only one more interception. And his passer rating, of course, was higher. So so you look at it, and, and Trubisky ended up being the number two overall pick by the Bears because they were idiots. I mean, they went up and grabbed him. Before uh, Mahomes was drafted in the same draft, before Deshaun Watson was drafted in the same draft. So they blew it. They took the wrong guy. But, but also, look, if he was worthy of a two, then Pickett's worthy of a one. 
is my point. Pickett should have been the number one overall pick. I mean, just on the stats alone. Now, I know they look at the measurables, and they make a big deal out of that. And they made a big deal out of Kenny Pickett's small hands, the fact that he wears two gloves, and that his arm strength isn't fantastic. It's certainly not weak, but it's not, you know, top top of the line, totally big stud arm strength. Trubisky has a stronger arm than Pickett. But guess what Trubisky couldn't do well in his four years with the Bears? He couldn't throw downfield accurately. He was a dink-and-dunk quarterback. Oh, and by the way, guess what else he failed at pretty regularly and why they didn't even sign him for his second overall pick? Guess what they didn't do? They didn't exercise his fifth-year option. They didn't sign him to a big deal. He must not be too good, huh? Because the Bears stink. They need a quarterback. Do you really think they would let him go if he was this talent? Do you really think they're stupid enough they wouldn't see the talent before their eyes? They talk about, oh, he's mismanaged. Come on. You can see him game in and game out. Game out. These are football people. They're not going to let a quarterback go if he's super talented. And they went up and picked him second overall, and they didn't even want him for a fifth year. And so, you know why? Because not only could he not throw accurately downfield on the deeper balls, which, by the way, Pickett, they like to talk about his weak arm, but his accuracy, he's actually most accurate on the deep balls. He's actually most accurate and looks best of all with his accuracy when he's dropping those dimes in on the deep passes. Um, But the other thing that Trubisky couldn't do with Chicago for four years, really, is score in the red zone. He was a field goal machine. And we saw, we saw that on full display in the final preseason game on Sunday um, against the Lions. Um, he did manage to push it in the end zone on the, at the end of the half uh, on a two-minute drive. But the entire half up until then, he was classic field goal Mitch. And that's what I'm going to call him until we, until we uh, get him the hell out of there. I'm going to call him field goal Mitch. Uh, because, again... If you look at the the one season that now here's the thing Pickett had multiple seasons with Pitt where he actually played and he wasn't great three other seasons but he was very good he had four seasons total but I mean five seasons total he was there five years but three seasons that were real full seasons other than his great year and they were all very solid but they weren't great Trubisky had none Trubisky had none he had two other seasons they weren't real seasons Trubisky had one season. With North Carolina. That's all he had. Pickett had four real seasons. And his one, his last one, was significantly better than Trubisky's only season that got him picked second in overall. Significantly. 30 for 50, 12 TDs, one pick. That's significant. Pickett was, when you look at their numbers, the only difference for Pickett was 30 for 50, with 12 more TDs and one more interception. <laughs> That's significantly superior. And what? Because he wears two gloves, has small hands, and his deep ball's not super duper real strong, he goes 20th, and people are acting like he probably wouldn't have been picked in the first round if the Steelers didn't take him, which is a lie. But Mitch is better because he was picked second. It's It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And... Again, all you have to do is say two words, Tom Brady. Two words. Guy was picked sixth. Guy didn't have, still doesn't have, never had a super-duper strong arm. He's not even as mobile as Kenny Pickett. He's actually less mobile, way significantly less mobile. 
than Pickett is now and always was. And I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett will be Tom Brady because I don't think anyone will ever be Tom Brady. But what I am saying is when I look at Pickett, my comp for him is, or my comps for him are Joe Montana and Tom Brady. I look at him and I see that. And here's the other thing. I'm not even a big Pitt fan. I am not a big Pitt fan. I, uh, I'm a big Pitt basketball fan. Uh, and I've watched Pitt football, you know, on and off. When they're good, I like to watch it. When they're no good, I'm not interested. I'm just not a big college football fan because we don't have, in the city of Pittsburgh, a great college atmosphere, you know? I miss the days when Pitt Stadium was up there. I know everybody says it was a dump. It was horrible. But I'm sorry. To me, it's all about being on campus and the kids walking around right next to it, like the Pete, where, where Pitt plays their basketball. That's great, you know? But when you go... Uh, to football, you got to go all the way over to Heinz Field. I'm sorry, Shore Stadium, and take buses. And it's just—I know it's a way, way better facilities and all that stuff, and it's big. And but they don't even fill it because it's so big, so it doesn't really get that atmosphere that it could. And it's just not on campus. And to me, college football is about colleges. And um, I know there's a lot of idiot sports media in this town who, who just shoot that down and think it's ridiculous but i'm sorry that's a money decision and it's wrong you know to me sports shouldn't be determined by money and they are they're fully determined by money and i think it's wrong not to play college sports on college campuses i think it's wrong period it just destroys the whole essence of the sport and it's only done for money and that's wrong too you know when you're talking about college sports doing it all about money you can say well that's just reality okay but I don't have to like it. That may be the reality, but I don't like it. I don't like money determining college sports and what's how they're played and where they're played and who plays them and where, where players go and where coaches coach. I hate all of that, and it's starting to really take over college sports, college football especially. But So that's why, a big part of the reason. I'm not a big college football fan. But what I am is a, someone who, who, who I actually respect my judgment, believe it or not. I've been watching football like I said, I really got into the Steelers and then football when I was nine. I'm 56. So I would say 47 years I've watched football, a lot of it. And I love it. It's my favorite sport. And I think I'm a pretty good judge in everything in life. Movies, uh, direction, actors. I pick stars before they make it. I pick bands and albums before they become famous. I think I have a good eye or ear for talent, for skill. I just, something I've had my whole life. And it's a gift. I'm not bragging. It literally is a gift from above or something. Um, and so I'm not always right, but often if I'm excited about a particular artist or athlete, um, I think it's worth noting. And I think people should take note of something I say on the matter, but I don't have, you know, post-gazette or I don't have credentials. I'm not a member of the media. I'm just Joe Blow. I'm an idiot, according to everyone, even though, you know, I'm not. Uh, you have to have some title or some way to throw your ball sack around in Pittsburgh, especially, where a lot of small-minded people are members of the media and they like to have their power and they stomp on the fans and they could pretend like they're into fans, but they hate the fans. It's just an ugly atmosphere, very, very ugly in this city. I've seen it in New York, L.A. It's way more open to the fans there. Fans have way more power and authority in the big cities. You go into a smaller city like Pittsburgh and the stupid media people, you know, they're limited. They're in the city and they know they have an opportunity in a smaller city to play God. And so they do. 
and they get away with it. And I think it's terrible. They get away with it on Twitter. There's all kinds of yes men, all kinds of brown nosers, all kinds of obsequious people on Twitter and on the radio and everywhere kissing the ass of all these obnoxious media people. And all they do is echo each other. All the media does in Pittsburgh is one person says it, passes it on, passes it on, and they all form a consensus. They really do. So it becomes rote law that Pickett won't be the starter, that Trubisky's the starter. And everybody starts saying it even before training camp started. Dejan Kavorkovakovic. It was on like some national show telling them before anything started. It's Trubisky. It's going to be Trubisky. And this was after the draft. And they were all telling us before the draft, it's Malik Willis. It's going to be Malik Willis. All of them. And they all formed a, they were like locking arms, march step ahead, like some sort of fucking strike break, breaking police group against the fans telling us it won't be Pickett. They don't want it to be Pickett. Why? Because they don't like the fans. And he's from Pitt and they don't like Pitt. It's, it's like a rivalry thing. The media is kind of like fascist leaders, right? They don't want the people to get smart. They don't want to give them power because they might overthrow them because they know they don't really deserve any position of authority. They know they're nudniks. They have shitty degrees. They probably got through college with C's, if that. They, they barely write well. They use programs to do the spell check. They probably don't know grammar even. They're writers and don't even know about grammar. Uh, there's a couple of them in this city that are smart and they're clever, but they're columnists and they stay out of it. They're not these idiots to pronounce things and know it all and brag on things. That's for the dumb people, the dumb people who need the power. And they don't like the fans because the fans know as much or more than them. And they know that. And it intimidates them and it terrifies them. So when the fans are, of course, going to get behind a player because he played ball here and they've seen him and they know how good he is, they decide to spin that in to Oh, it's because you're local yokels and you're supporting your local people. Oh, he's local. No, we saw him. He's Because he's local, we watched him with our eyes a lot. Where other guys that play in Nevada and you know, UCLA or wherever, we didn't see him very much. We saw him occasionally. We, we, watched, we watched games. We watched other teams. But we didn't see him the way we saw Pick because he was on every fucking weekend. So we saw this guy, and we saw him on highlights on our local news shows. We saw him, and he caught our eye and interest because he's fucking great. And that's why he was the number one draft pick, because he's fucking great. And he was more fucking great than Trubisky. And Trubisky failed in the NFL. He failed. And last year was a fucking backup. So the Steelers are going with a fucking backup who spent all of last year sitting on his ass instead of a red-hot, super-talented 24-year-old guy who spent all of last year throwing 52 motherfucking touchdowns. Now you tell me, is that, does that make sense? Now, does he have things to learn? Rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, they have to read defenses. a lot of confusion, sure. Look, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I've been watching the Steelers for years. You know, Dick LeBeau's blitz schemes and, you know, uh, and so on. Or what we did for years is confuse rookie quarterbacks. I mean, we, we ate up rookie. We, Pittsburgh is notorious for eating rookie quarterbacks alive. And that's across the board. I mean, you just don't see rookie quarterbacks go out and look great against the Steeler defense. We know how to fuck with their heads. So are people going to do that to Kenny Pickett, no matter how good he is? Absolutely. Absolutely. But look, the guy is a gamer, and he's skilled in a way that transcends his measurables. 
And one thing he's great at is finding a way to get that ball out of his hand to a receiver he sees that's open and make it an accurate enough pass. And they say, oh, yeah, there's college open, then there's NFL open. Well, guess what? He's super accurate. He really is. He's, and he's worked so hard on it. You know, he was never this good. And he's not going to lose it, except he might lose the hotness of it. He worked real hard and built up these skills, but there's also a thing called a groove and a hotness, and you want to stay in that groove. I saw Tom Brady. Look, Tom Brady, when he first took over the Patriots and when they first won their first Super Bowl, he's nowhere near as good as he is now. You know, he got way better. And when they got Randy Moss on that team and he started throwing the deep ball and started to actually throw more and became more of a passing quarterback, that team went became a juggernaut. And it was because they sort of took the training wheels off Tom Brady finally. I mean, he was kind of a game manager who could throw some good pinpoint passes. But then he became a, you know, a bomber and became a, a lethal threat. And, and he never lost it. He, he got that skill and he just kept playing and never lost it. So when Pickett's growing and, and new skills are developing, why do you want to sit that down and lose it? Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. You know, these people, they, they work hard. And when they're talented enough to get this good, you know, you need to let them keep going. And if you don't let them do that, you're just going to shit all over your brand new toy. And so I think it's a major mistake that the media, for some reason, don't didn't want Pickett. Well, I know the reason, because they didn't want the fans to get their guy. Um, they like the Trubisky guy. They pretend like, oh, he's a, he was second overall pick. Oh, oh, oh. And they don't look at the facts, and they don't want to see the facts. It's like Trump voters. And, and that's another thing, by the way. Too many of the local media, too many media in this town are conservatives. They're Republicans. You can tell. You just see it in their political views when they post about it. You see it in how they posted when Trump won the election. we got a lot of Republican sports commentators and writers in this town. And so there's something in them about hating intellect, hating knowledge, Hating cleverness, you know? They hate on the young, new, cooler guys who use analytics and who actually study facts and talk about it in an intelligent way. They mock them and ridicule them. And these dumbos that have been here for years writing for Beaver Valley Times, idiots like Dale Lawley and, and even Matt Williamson, his way overrated dumbass scout guy who they put all over the radio, and Stan Savern, who, let's be honest, you know, he has about he has like five tricks up his sleeve, and he just plays them over and over and over again. And you, first you think, well, Stan knows what he's talking about. No, he look. He, the guy should have retired long ago. He's he's written out his five tricks, <laughs> his ways that he judges things. It's like, yeah, yeah, we get it, Stan. And Stan, of course, has to be super valued and important. I have special insight, Stan. You really don't. Okay, just just tell us your opinion, but we already know what it's going to be because <laughs> you're very predictable. <laughs> You have no special insights, Stan, but we like you because you've been around a long time. But cool your jets on trying to play God or something. Then he has these new people on, but but he 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 glorifies the media and glorifies the know-it-alls and glorifies people. And and really, unfortunately, too many of them are dummies. Too many of these new people, even the younger people, are dummies, and they don't really analyze data and they don't really catch the nuances and. Um, and so they want Trubisky because he's a number two and because, hey, he has experience and all this stuff when, you know, an experienced quarterback who's a backup is still a backup. You know what I mean? Where a starter who's inexperienced is still a starter. There's a difference, folks. <laughs> There's a difference. 
Which brings us to the final point I wanted to make on this podcast about Mason Rudolph. It really bothers me. This has been turned political by the Republican media in this town. They actually think that because the fans booed Rudolph, it had to do with the fact that he's a Republican because he's a Mormon and all that. I didn't even know he was a Republican. I didn't care. I guarantee you, 98% of the fans didn't know or care. That's not why they booed him. And they didn't boo him because they're mean and horrible people. They booed him because he was put into the first preseason game ahead of the number one draft pick. And they've seen him, and he's not very good. Now, they, I think, you know, the, the bashing of, of Mason Rudolph and his playing and his skills was a little bit much um, by some of the media, frankly, and also by the fans. Um, I think that he really deserved another chance last year instead of Ben. But guess what? They didn't do that. They brought Ben back, and that's that. Now it's Kenny Pickett's turn. I'm sorry. We, Mason missed out. Look, nobody was a bigger fan than me than me, of Mason Rudolph. When they picked him in the third round, I believed they had a first-round grade on him. I believed that bullshit line. I don't know if it was true, but I, I bought it. And uh, I looked at his – you know, I, I've seen him play. I saw him play in college, and I, I was impressed. And I thought the guy – I knew he had a great deep ball. He still has a great deep ball. Um, but I thought the guy could, could handle it. I was kind of thinking, you know what, he could surprise some people. Kind of the way Joe Flacco did, although I think he was a number one draft pick. But, but um, I thought Mason, you know, he could surprise some people. But he wasn't, you know, he didn't look good, let's be honest, in 2019 when they gave him his chance. Now, he did get concussed, and then he had Miles Garrett swinging a helmet around. But before that, in that game, he stunk. Before the helmet thing at the very end of the game, he stunk. And it was a big game. And Mason stunk in that game. And, um, yeah, he was hot and cold, good and bad. You know, but I thought it was still worth checking him out again. But now I don't. I'm sorry. Now we have Pickett. And, I'd, yeah, I'd rather go with Trubisky than Mason. Or actually, I don't really care. I really don't care. You know, I, I would rather have, probably rather have Mason as my backup. But I really don't care. Flip a coin. I want, I want to start Pickett and one of those two as my backup. And that's enough for me. Um, but instead, what happened is they were using Mason ahead of Pickett. And so the fans were booing, naturally. They wanted to see their number one draft pick, and they wanted to see him because they saw him play here. There were two reasons they wanted to see him. And, by the way, reason number three, they didn't want to see Mason because he didn't look very good. And they saw him before, enough. And they didn't want him on their team anymore. So they booed. That's it. It's their right to boo. Fans are entitled to boo. Nobody has to be concerned with Mason Rudolph's feelings at all. He's in his, what, fifth year in the NFL. He's making money. He should be happy. They signed him to you know, like a several million dollar contract to come back and play one more year, his fifth year here for us. That's a lot of money. It's more than I'll ever see in my lifetime. Why, why, why can't he be booed? He can't be booed? It doesn't make any sense. Yet the local media here made a huge issue of it, and they're still making an issue of it. And they went so far, idiots like Josh Yoey, a moronic conservative hockey guy, and they said they it's worth considering that the fans booed him because he's a Republican. Well, that's most of the dim-witted fans are Trump voters. <laughs> most NFL fans, or a lot of them anyway, are, 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 are Republicans. Half the country's Republicans and dimwits. So to say that the fans that were booing were the liberal fans, it's just insane. No, the fans that were booing were the fans that know that Pickett's a good player and they want to see him over Mason Rudolph. That's all. And, and so these Republican 
sportscasters and, and media people were trying to make it a political issue. And they were defending the honor of their conservative brethren, Mason Rudolph. And it was never even an issue. It's a non-issue, and they made it one. And they're continuing it to this day. And it's funny as people step in and support Mason, and, and I make a comment, and they bash me. And I go, look, and the person who bashed me is a Trump supporter every time. That's what you're seeing on Twitter. You're seeing these defenses by Jim Wax, all these conservative Republicans of Mason Rudolph, God-fearing men, talking about his love of God, acting like because he's fought through all these horrible fans, he's a hero. Literally, Wexel said bullshit like this. And like somehow overcoming the booze. And they're acting like we should pity Mason. Poor Mason. He was accused of using the N-word. He was concussed and knocked on the skull like an idiot and fell like a rag doll. <laughs> He's dealing with booze. Oh, my God, booze by evil fans. That Shame on them for booing because fans do that. But shame on them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's insane. And it's politically motivated. And honestly, they're saying they're not going to trade him. They're going to hold on to him. You want to hold on to him. Keep him. That's good to have three good. Why? I, it's a disrespect for Pickett. Um, they should never hold on to Mason Rudolph because Pickett's your man, and he should get in there and you know hold on to Trubisky. He's your lame backup once Pickett gets in there. It's just disrespectful. So I'm very unhappy with the Steelers. I think that they're all conservative Republicans too. I think it's all political, and I think the Mason Rudolph crap has tuned me out on the Steelers, and they're mishandling a picket. I've seen it too often with the Pirates, and I honestly think the Steelers are now the Pirates. And I know people on Twitter piled on me when I made that comment, but I'm sorry. I think the Steelers are turning into the new Pirates of Pittsburgh. I think that they're no longer a really great run organization whose you know, model of excellence in the NFL at all. And I think part of the reason they aren't is because they shouldn't have Tomlin as their coach anymore. I think he should have stepped down when, when that horrible game at home where we got obliterated in the playoffs to Cleveland, where very first snap of the game, Pouncey snapped the ball over Ben Roethlisberger's head and it went into the end zone. You know, at the end of that game, Pouncey and Ben were sitting on a bench crying. Pouncey retired. Ben should have too. Ben should not have come back last year. He was done. He should have retired, and Tomlin should have retired. Tomlin should have retired. All he did was come back for another year to get obliterated yet again in another playoff game. The guy hasn't won a playoff game in five years. Look, I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a cool guy. I wish he'd be a great coach because I'd, I'd like him to be our coach. I enjoy having him as the coach. I have no issues with his one-liners or any of that stuff. I like the guy, and, uh, but he's not winning anymore. Hasn't won shit in five years. <clears throat> and I think it's because he doesn't make good decisions. He sticks with players too long based on his judgment and his ego. Perfect example right now is Kendrick Green. Terrible third-round pick last year that they just ordained as their new center and stuck in there, and he was garbage, so awful, that before the season was over, they had to replace him. And now they decided they ordained him as their new starting left guard. Because, well, he used to be a guard anyway, and he was so awful, they pulled him. And now he's not even going to be their starting left guard. He's just going to be a swing guard. But guess what? He doesn't swing anymore because he said he doesn't like playing center. So all he can do for you is maybe play you some left guard so and, and play it poorly. I mean, the guy should be cut. He's a bum. He stinks. 
look, it's okay. They cut Buddy Johnson today. He was their fourth-round pick. They could cut Kendrick Green, their third-round pick. It can be done. They proved that by cutting Buddy Johnson, who they drafted last year in the fourth round, they cut him the very next year. They can cut Kendrick Green, who they drafted in the third round the very next year. He deserves it. He deserved it more than Buddy Johnson. Yet, here we have Kendrick Green because of Mike Tomlin's ego. I believe that. And I think here we have Trubisky because Mike Tomlin's living in his fears as he preaches, we don't live in our fears and all this crap. Meanwhile, he's going with a guy because he has experience and he doesn't trust Kenny Pickett on the road in Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati is some lion's den, you know. It's just a city. There's no, there's no aura or mystery or history there. We're not going in to play the Patriots in New England with Tom Brady at quarterback, you know. It's Cincinnati. It's a divisional rival with Joe Burrow who's only been in the NFL two seasons. He's, I think he's the same age as Pickett. I mean, it, sh- it would be an excellent, fun, exciting matchup between two young quarterbacks. One of them already proven to be pretty damn great in the NFL. The other one just getting his feet wet. Two divisional rivals. I don't know. I thought it would have been a wonderful way to open the season. But nope, we got to go with Mitch Trubisky, watch him scramble around, run around and throw balls away and kick field goals. That's where we're going to get out of him. And we'll lose that game, I predict, like um, 24 to 10. The, the Bengals will beat the Steelers in that opening game. Actually, no, 24-9, to nine, three field goals. No, ben, Trubisky doesn't even get us in the end zone. 24-9. to nine. <laughs> that's, that's my prediction uh, on that season opener because, because they're going with Trubisky. You know, uh, I think if they went with Pickett, I don't know. I would like to just watch the game. I would not care to predict it. I'd, I'd like to see how he does. Maybe he stinks. Maybe he throws picks and gets all scared. I highly doubt it. The guy's a gamer. He's, he plays better than you ever expect all the time. He makes mistakes. He's not perfect. He's a human being. He's going to have bad games. But I don't think it would be that first game of the year. And I think he'd probably keep us in that game and make it a real exciting finish. I really do. But I don't think Trubisky will be doing that at all. So I'm really disappointed in the Steelers. I'm disappointed in how they're keeping Mason Rudolph and keeping that pressure on Pickett and keeping that. Why? Well, you know, why would they keep Mason Rudolph? They got Pickett now. Jeez, he should be starting. And instead he's back up and they might even want to back up with the watch them. Watch them want to bring in Mason. If something happens to Trubisky, they'll still put Pickett in the in the third role then. I mean, you watch. That's how conservative they are. They're not a winning team anymore. So I, I don't like what they're doing with this. It's too important to me. You know, I'm a football fan, and we, we don't get players. We don't get quarterbacks very often, right? I mean, I, throughout my life, I remember the Bubby Brister days. I remember the Mark Malone days, you know. I went through all of that. that post. I went through post-Bradshaw withdrawal. You know, I went through Neil O'Donnell. I went through Cordell Stewart, you know. I went through Tommy Maddox, and we finally got our way to – and got to Cliff Stout. Jeez, I went through Cliff Stout, for God's sake. Have pity on me, please. I went through Mike Tomzak. Speaking of washed-up ex-Bear quarterbacks, we had Mike Tomzak starting here, you know? Um, and, and I got through all of that to get to Ben. And he was a great player, and it was great to have him. But now we got a new guy that could be that guy. Will he be that guy? I think absolutely. I have the utmost confidence in Kenny Pickett. Because I watched him play, and I believe in my eyes. And my comps, like I said, are Joe Montana and Tom Brady, and I believe in those comps. I think he is has qualities like that. Will he have the career they had? You know, 
who will? I mean, those those are probably the top two quarterback careers of all time in terms of winners and um, and winning, and um, so probably not. Um, but he has he can, he has the capability. But this organization isn't going to make it happen. I'm I'm depressed. I'm saddened because it's my opinion that the Steelers no longer make the decisions especially the head coach, do not, does not make the decisions that are going to help this team be cutting edge and move forward and win. I think that he makes safe decisions and he has 500 records and he gets records that are very mediocre and he never wins in the playoffs anymore because he doesn't have that killer instinct and he doesn't go for the jugular and he doesn't take risks. He's not a risk taker. He's, I swear Tomlin's probably a conservative Republican too. He probably fucking voted for Trump. I don't know. I doubt it. But he he certainly has taken in his later years here to being a very conservative coach. And the conservative Republican media in this time, love, town loves it. Uh, they back him 100%. They bash the fans all the time telling them, oh, you dumb fans, it's going to be Trubisky. It's always been Trubisky. It'll always be Trubisky. Why? Can you tell me why? He's better, folks. He's better. Why? Because he's experienced. He reads. He, he didn't see him at practice. He's better. Um, Pickett started out rough, but then by all reports, he improved tremendously. And by the end, there was no difference. That's what I heard. So now they're saying, oh, no, it's a big difference. Oh, yeah, right. Look, I watched them in the games. There's no difference except that Pickett's better. I mean, if there's a difference, it's that Pickett looked better to me, even in the last game. I know Pickett's quarterback rating was only 88, and uh, Mitch's was like 100 and something, but the fact of the matter is, until that last drive, Mitch Trubisky sucked. He sucked. He was terrible. And until that last drive, he threw one pass to, to Deontay Johnson that was nice, a deep ball on the sidelines. Aside from that one pass, he stunk. And then he did a really nice two-minute drive. Uh, but Pickett had ups and downs. He didn't have his greatest game, but he looked pretty good the whole time. And if he had been in there longer, that passer rating wouldn't have stayed at 88, guaranteed. You know, if he had stayed in there longer, he'd have finished with a high passer rating too. But he didn't get to play much because we didn't have the ball a lot in the second half. And, uh, and they had to sneak Mason in there, of course. Got to get Mason in there. Oh, God. Got to get that Republican his, his, his opportunities um, so that all the Trumpers can cheer for him. And how dare anyone boo him because they hated Trump. We know that's why. We know it. Anyway, I, I, I'm going to watch the Steelers this year because they're my team. But I need to, to go on record here with this terrible decision to not start picket and call out the dumbass Republicans in the media and call them out as dumb. And call out Tomlin as making a bumble, stumble, dumbass decision. And I realized, yeah, he should have been gone. He should have been gone. It should have been Pouncey, Ben, and Tomlin all stepping down, retiring after that Cleveland, Cleveland debacle. Instead, we brought Ben and Tomlin back last year, and it was a pathetic year. And now we're bringing Tomlin back again, and he has an opportunity, he had an opportunity to make this a fun, exciting year and potential future, but I think he's mishandled it. And I think by the time Pickett gets in there, he may not ever become great, at least not with the Steelers. And if there's a guy that's going to be, gonna be cut or move on from a team and be great later, it would be Pickett way before it's Trubisky. Pickett actually has something. Trubisky never really did. Trubisky was overrated. One final thing I want to say, too, is when you compare Trubisky to Pickett in college, 
It's so funny. They act like, oh, he's some magical player. He played in the same conference. They were in the same conference, the ACC. And North Carolina can't, and I'm not saying this as a Pitt fan at all. I only went to law school at Pitt. I went to Carnegie Mellon. You know, if I have any allegiance to any local university, it's Carnegie Mellon, not Pitt. You know, I like law school, but Pitt, I was never, I never saw myself as a Pitt guy at all. I just like sports, and they're the local college team, so I like them. I, I love them in basketball. I'm a big hoops fan, and, but I also, yeah, I, I, I watch Pitt fo- football. But, but here's the thing. I, you don't have to be a fan to know the reality that Pitt has a tremendous history of putting Hall of Famers into the NFL. Still, to this day, it's not like, yeah, Pitt has had a lot of mediocrity in their football program in the last 40 years even. I mean, they really have. They were great when I was growing up in the 70s and even the early 80s when they had Danny Marino and everything. They were actually, a, you know, they won a national championship in 76, I believe, with Johnny Major. So they, they were, you know, a player. They were right up there with Penn State, a really good football school and college football. But really, you know, for the last 40 years or so, they haven't been much. They've been okay. They haven't been terrible. They're certainly not a shit football school, but they're very mediocre, and they really haven't had many good years. Last year was an exception because of Pickett, as he's a big part of the reason why he's that good, and he was that good that he may really helped make their year. But, but the bottom line is this. They're a way better football school than North Carolina. I'm sorry. Go, go look at the NFL-caliber players that have come out of North Carolina and versus Pitt over a long period of time and look and look at those players and what they've done in the NFL. It's not even close. So not only are they in the same conference, so you can't say, well, Trubisky played in the SEC. <laughs> Pickett played in the ACC. Yeah, he stinks. They both played in the ACC. And Pitt is just a better football school. So if you're really going to try to somehow read into – conferences and teams and all that bullshit as to why Trubisky's better. He isn't better. You would read in the opposite. You would absolutely read in that Pickett played for the much better football school in the same conference and had a really much better one year that made him a number one pick. And and that's it. And otherwise, he's like, yeah, but Trubisky has a stronger arm, which he proved over four years with the Bears he could not use accurately. Oh, but he can run around. He's better athletic. He runs too quickly out of the pocket. That's a big gripe about all the people like Greg Cosell and the people that watch the tape. They say that about him time and time again. He gets happy feet and leaves the pocket too soon. So you can like him as a runaround athletic guy. I prefer a quarterback who's looking downfield and trying to make a play. And also, he stinks in the red zone. So anyway, whatever. He's a talented guy. He's not terrible. He, he He's a decent quarterback. Um He'll probably be the best backup we've had in Pittsburgh um, since Tommy Maddox was a backup, um, and probably better than that even. I don't know. He's a good backup. I think he'd be a, a nice guy to have on a team as a backup. He wanted a chance to start again. The Steelers decided to give it to him. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. Um, and I think it could end up ruining Pickett's career in Pittsburgh. It could end up sidetracking or derailing Pickett's hot streak. And, um, and But I believe this very much so. If it doesn't work for Pickett here and we end up not signing him after four years, I believe he, unlike Trubisky, would become a star, not just a good player, but a star on another team. I believe that. I believe that he could fail here because of being mishandled by a failing franchise and a, and a bad head coach who's losing it.
and go somewhere else to a better a better football franchise with a better coach and actually resurrect his career and have like a five-year career of being a real stud. You know, like a, like a uh, Tony Romo type career, you know. Come in and out, boom, blaze of glory and out, except maybe win a Super Bowl or win some playoff games, unlike Romo. <laughs> That's what I believe about Pickett. I think he's that good. And I'm just afraid that his Pittsburgh career will never happen now because of this, what I believe is a, is, is a blunder. I think it's a serious, serious blunder to start Trubisky. And I really don't think Pickett will be in all year unless Trubisky gets injured. And even if he does, I think they'd go to Mason Rudolph. I really don't think they're even going to play him. And I think they're a conservative Republican franchise who's going into the toilet. And I think that Dan Rooney or Art Rooney or whatever his name is, is a conservative Republican. And I just think that everything is being handled like it were a big fucking Trump administration, which is to say a shit show. And the Steelers are slowly but very assuredly becoming a shit show. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope Trubisky, to be quite honest, hope he fractures an ankle in the very first game. And they actually go to pick it and put him in there. And I hope that I do. I is that horrible? I I'd like to see Trubisky get injured in a way that knocks him out for the entire year because I want Pickett in there and I want no question behind him. I want it to be the Pickett show and I want him to be a full throttle ahead, all Pickett, as soon as possible. So whatever that takes, I'm not going to put a witch spell on. I'm not going to steal a glove like uh, uh, you know John Cassavetti's coming home stealing Hutch's glove from Rosemary's Baby. So they put a spell on him and he goes blind or whatever, you know. I'm not going to do that to Mitch Trubisky. I'm not going to have some – but that's a great idea, actually, you know. Try to pay someone to go into the locker room and steal, like, Mitch's, like, cups and supporters or whatever the fuck and then put a spell on it and he, his, like, dick falls off in the middle of the Cincinnati game. <laughs> and he runs to the sideline with his, both his hands between his legs. Ah, and he rolls onto the ground screaming in pain. And Pickett goes in and that's it. It never, never comes out. The Wally Pip story. Anyway, uh, go Steelers, go Steelers, here we go. And uh, not really. And I actually, if, if Pickett doesn't play this year, I hope they finish, I hope they finish, you know, 5 and 12 or 6 and six and 11, you know, and they learn their lesson the hard way about um, how to, how to take chances and be aggressive in life and how to, and how to, See talent and jump on it and move with real talent and not go with washed up uh, pedigree people who uh, who don't have it. All right, now eighty. I love you. Yabba da boopa. <laughs>